I just realized I don't want the name of this to be Super Fiends. Uh, I th- here are the two things that this should be called. Okay. One, the uh, the idea that we that we had of just calling it what was it, Professor Funbun's van of <laughs> Professor Feelgood's Funmobile. Yeah, that. <laughs> or, um, well, we can just call it Normal Friends. Uh, and it'll be <laughs> called Normal Friends, a Super Friends Companion, right? Because it's a companion piece to Super Friends. That's true. It's true. I, I would argue that it would be almost impossible for the the layperson in the world to enjoy the Super Friends without this podcast. Yeah, it's a vital, it's a required to to get through it. Yeah, I, I would I would think so. So I like that normal friends, uh, super friends. We'll companion. we'll play around. We'll play around with it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think by season four we should have a name for this. I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it uh, how we how we go. We don't want to get tied down too early. No, with concepts or branding or names. Yeah. Processes. We want to be flexible. Look, uh, thank you everyone uh, who's listening right now. Uh, this uh, this episode was a doozy. I'm talking, of course, about The Balloon People, Season 1, Episode 9. Yep, that is correct. I, I think before we get into what the episode is actually about, when you saw the title, The Balloon People, did you have a thought as to what that might be about? Yes, and I'll tell you what I thought this episode was going to be about. I thought there was going to be a mad scientist who uh, creates a race of balloon people and the balloon people are going to cause problems, but we learn that they're just trying to live their lives and the mad scientist, for some, for whatever reason, he was going to be um, in the wrong. When When it said balloon people, I perceived it as a um sort of like a balloon animal but a but a human you know fascinating that's that's what i thought i was going to be uh seeing i thought the balloon people would refer to some sort of group of people perhaps a culture who used balloons but were not themselves balloons because it made more sense to me that there would be like hot air balloons or something, not people who can inflate and deflate at will. Perhaps a group of people using zeppelins to commit uh, fiendish acts. Sure, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Something like that. That is not what happened. Um, I'm going to not give... Not at a all. Ver- <laughs> not at all. I'm going to give a brief description of what <laughs> happened, and then we're going to get into the details. Uh, so we start off this episode, there's a flying saucer, and they're having trouble tracking it, the Super Friends, they're, uh, they're having trouble nailing that thing down, and, uh, what happens is that this tiny, uh, spaceship lands next to Wonder Dog's doghouse. Well, guess what? On that is a family of what are called the Balloonians, and, uh, they, uh, uh, have the ability to inflate and deflate themselves as at will. Um, and they do this. At first, there's some hesitancy. 
But uh, once we get acquainted with them, uh, the super friends are in love with these Balloonians, and they want to show them uh, yep. everything about the Earth. They are way nicer to the Balloonians than they are to each other. <laughs> yes. Uh, as, they're, as they're showing them around Earth, a gentleman by the name of Noah Tall, uh, Noah is in the biblical name, Tall is in the the descriptor the smallest coffee size at starbucks the small yeah uh they he is trying to capture them the reason for this and we will talk about this is that he wants to gain their knowledge he believes knowledge is power and uh, he just wants power to uh to be over to have domain over everything so that's why his name is yeah uh know at all but also, that's his his uh, Christian name. That's just the name that he has. So uh, he yes. uh, has several attempts to capture them. He is foiled, and then um, after he is foiled, finally, they uh, the government gives <laughs> gives the main the the patriarch of the Balloonian family a job, a government job, and that's uh, that's a crim, and that's basically the uh, the. The, what happened in this episode and within that a whole lot of other insanity yeah uh, ensued whole bunch of stuff so we start out this episode in the hall of justice league rec room which looks pretty fun you know looks like a pretty nice rec room uh they've Marvin invested is money playing ping pong yeah they have but you know what you gotta you always have to be wary if you work at a place that has a cool rec room like that that means you're going to be working long hours and not being paid sufficiently to make up for that. Because that's what they do. You know, they... You, and it you, might be an abuse they give you They give you snacks and a ping pong table, but they also pay you minimum wage for 80 yeah. hours a week. Or in... And Marvy... Marvy. You know what? <laughs> I just pulled a... Uh, I just yeah, pulled twisty. a little mistake just we'll twisty. talk about. I just pulled a little twisty. Uh, in Wendy and Marvin's case, they pay them nothing. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, the Hall of Justice League rec room. Marvin's playing ping pong. Uh, he says, you know, he's gonna. Be, he's soon. He'll be good enough to beat the Chinese champion, uh, China. If you pay attention to the Olympics, obviously, pretty well known for their uh, table tennis dominance. Wendy shames him almost immediately about his skills. Or lack thereof. Exactly. Uh, before they can really get into it, the trouble alert goes off. We see this alien spacecraft. It was unclear to me what we were supposed to be seeing here because it didn't look like the picture was fading in and out. It looked like the picture was clear and the spaceship was fading in and out of existence. Yeah, they didn't really specify that. I do I do have a quick question. So Yeah. Marvin was playing table tennis with nobody. Yeah, and it was bouncing off of nothing. <laughs> and I don't know what uh Wendy said something about him playing against an invisible opponent, and that's what it looked like was happening. <laughs> she said she said, Yeah, if your opponent was the invisible man and it was this supposed zinger but for me i was just like i thought this was a clue to a mystery that we would solve later on i was yeah, like also oh. if he's 
playing and holding his own against an invisible person. <laughs> He's incredible. That makes him better. Yeah. That makes him a Because he has to just know where the ball's going to go because he can't see what his opponent's doing. So, if anything, he's better than yeah. what Wendy is suggesting. I can't. I couldn't understand uh, that. Anyway, so to get to, to come back. So, they notice this uh, flying saucer. And by luck, this flying saucer decides to land. Uh, of all the places on the planet, this flying saucer, yeah. this tiny flying saucer can land. It shows in the grass next to uh, Wonder Dog's doghouse. Yeah, that's a pretty huge coincidence. Yeah. That it would land in the backyard of one of the people watching them. Yeah. But they get out and they think they're in a jungle and there's a giant doghouse. And then we see that living in that doghouse is Wonder Dog. And we realize at that moment that these people are very small. Indeed. The the dad is Krim. The dog is Grunk. Yeah. And then I think Plinky is the daughter. And I don't remember the mother's name. It sounds like Plinky. It's, yeah. Uh, her name These are all is... first pass alien names. These were Loma. all like... All right, we're just going to put whatever we can think of right now in the script. We'll fix it later. And then they never fixed it. Yeah. Uh, Krim, Gloma, Plinky, and Grunk. And that's just what they went with. Yeah. So, the balloon people uh, are looking around, enjoying the clean air, find Wonder Dog. They are afraid, so they intimidate Wonder Dog. (laughs) Yeah, and Wonder Dog uh, has a freak out. Uh, they, They drew Wonder Dog in kind of a disturbing way. Yeah. And... Batman and Robin are on their way to drop off Wendy and Marvin at Marvin's house, which I find it very funny that, especially if you watch like the Batman or like the grittier versions of Batman, I like to imagine that version of Batman being in charge of chauffeuring Wendy and Marvin around town. Yeah. That's (laughs) It's pretty much all he does. Just giving them rides. I'll be outside at three. <laughs> just picking them up, dropping them off. Just he mostly <laughs> just drives. Just <laughs> that's his main thing. Now I do want to point out that um, there is a there is a, a common theme with these episodes, and they they throw in this this theme right away at the top of this episode, which is these Balloonians fucked up their planet and they have chosen yep. here they chose earth because they said this they said oh that looks like a clean atmosphere and right off the bat we're getting these lectures about how pumping pollution into the air is bad and oh i hope these you know earthlings understand how good they have it just a bunch of progressive propaganda bullshit throughout this episode these balloonians are judgy as hell yep Yep. Uh, so anyway, uh, they they balloon up to intimidate Wonder Dog, which they do. He is emasculated, and um, uh, uh, the the others arrive, and Wendy points out that that's Wonder Dog's warning bark. Yes, it's a different bark. 
It sure sounds the same to me, but very, you know, very much sounded similar to the other barks. But it's not; it's a different bark. It's a warning bark that has means everyone goes in the backyard, and this leads me. So they they have a little exchange where, you know, at first uh, they're wary, and Batman and yeah. you know, com- commands Robin to catch one of these Balloonians who are and flying around wildly, deflating wildly. And they're hiding because they're they're afraid of bat. Batman is sure. a man dressed in a bat suit, and uh, that's terrifying. Yeah, so, I mean that's his whole thing is scaring people. That's his that's his deal. Yeah, so they're they're flying around trying to avoid them, and um, what what finally gets them to uh, trust the humans is that uh, the dog sacrifices himself, and uh, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Wendy's nice to the dog, which is one of the first times yeah. that I've seen Wendy be nice. Yeah. Before this, I assumed she was incapable of kindness. No. She was dead inside. But she was nice to the dog, and they go, you know what? It looks like all humans are going to be nice to us. And so they reinflate. Now, this leads me to my favorite line of the entire episode. Uh, when they are <laughs> getting acquainted... With the uh, with the super friends, and Superman says, "I am like you, Krim. I come. I'm an alien from a planet called Krypton." And then Krim goes, "I've heard of Krypton. That's the planet that exploded." <laughs> I thought of that too. It's like <laughs> casually mentioning the most traumatic event in a person's <laughs> life. Oh, I, just, I remember when you became a refugee. I, I just, my favorite part is just that <laughs> that's what Krypton is known for, exploding. Yeah. It's like, I bet he's like, oh, well, there's a lot more to Krypton than just the time that it exploded. <laughs> yeah, the planet that uh, exploded. <laughs> we had the fire caves and a whole red star. It was a real cool planet. There's lots of science. But sure, it exploded. It, but it exploded. That's the main thing. Everyone uh, died but you. <laughs> they just love bringing it, bringing it up. So, um, they uh, are uh, <laughs> talking to them, and they they take to these tiny aliens very quickly. Um, also, Aquaman has a line where he says, uh, "We can be your personal chauffeurs and show you around the." Uh, the land and air, and then he goes, and even the sea, if you like. <laughs> like, <laughs> he he doesn't want to be too insistent on taking them to the ocean, yeah. which I, I appreciate. He understands <laughs> that, you know, that's kind of weird. I feel like the other super friends have shamed him enough about yeah. the ocean that he, yeah, he's just like, I mean, if, if hey, I, yeah. whatever. Um, I know you probably think it's dumb, but I like the ocean. At this point, he kind of knows his place, and so that's just like yeah. kind of a secondary thought. So uh, we move on. We see them uh, chauffeur these tiny people all around, uh, showing them everything that Earth has to offer. Yeah, uh, they're just crashing. So, yeah, um, and so there's a news report, and this is where we first meet. Yeah. Mr. Noah Tall, who wants to take over the world. That's true. And he has a henchman named Twisty, presumably because he twists his words around. But 
the news report talking about the Balloonians mentions how that they're going yes. how they're going to live in Marvin's backyard. They just refer to Marvin by his first name, like everyone knows who that is. This this is also something Marvin has no last name. The, this is also something that happens a couple times in an episode, which is exposing pretty personal detail details about the schedule of a child like sure <laughs> they're giving as as a reporter they're giving some uh pretty uh easily guessable ways to track down these children yeah yeah so uh marvin tries to teach plinky basketball and clearly has does not yet understand telekinesis because he is baffled by it here, even though he's already seen the music. Yeah, and also here's a little bit of um, little bit of misogyny here because he, uh, sure, you know, wants to play one on one against girls and um, uh, fails, and he is humiliated. Yeah, you know, I feel like the main thing behind most misogyny is crippling mediocrity. I also think it's funny, you know, these old movies or like TV shows and stuff during the kind of feminist women's liberation movement, it kind of assumed that there are two kinds of modes. There's either a little, a little misogynistic, just like a little bit of it or complete humiliation. And it's like, I guess the way to, the way it is, it's like. People, their attitudes are either, well, it looks like women will someday be able to be just as good as men. Like, that's either the attitude, or, well, Marvin, I guess you're nothing but a super idiot. And laughing, <laughs> at, and laughing at someone because they were emasculated. Like, back then, yeah. patriarchally, those are the two things that there could be. You're either completely emasculated or you're distantly somewhat supportive of the movement. Yeah, it's, uh, I feel like it's a lot of uh, male writers writing from a place of deep fear. Yeah, basically. Basically, they're worried. Um, anyway, so uh, he, he loses. He loses and then we see in the street outside... Twisty and Noah Tall arrive in the Snoop Wagon. Yes. Which I feel is at least more honest than uh, Professor Goodfellow's Funmobile. Certainly. He gets... Noah Tall gets uh, points for that. For full-on calling yeah. his, his van the Snoop Wagon. <laughs> but before they can do too much, the Super Friends arrive to check in on the Balloonians. And they're all in the Batmobile, even Superman... Who can fly? Like I don't know why they're just all piled just into this tired. car that looks like it could only seat maybe five people comfortably, yeah. but uh, but probably really four because none of them are small. They are all big, sort of statuesque superheroes. Yeah, and yeah. they're all just crammed in the back seat of the Batmobile. I think Superman made them. He said, uh, "You know, why do I always have to fly?" Uh, I want to be in there. And they said, well, we won't all fit. And he said, we most certainly will all fit. That's what I think happened. I think it was a move to humiliate Batman, really. It was like, hey, so yeah, we could all out. get around, you know, so however. 
We, but he did it to point out the inadequacy of the Batmobile. He, how little seats there were. Oh, yeah. if only there were more seats in this Batmobile. I'm confused why we treat it wow. as the go-to vehicle for everything. It's weird that a billionaire couldn't afford another row of seating. <laughs> I want to point out the fact that this, the Batmobile is um, famously known for its uh, gadgets and abilities. And I don't think we've yeah. seen it one <laughs> one extra gadget yet. It's not super fast. It doesn't have gadgets. It's just a car. Its main function is to chauffeur Wendy and Marvin around. It's chauffeuring, chauffeuring children. I don't remember how, but we get to Aquaman showing the... Uh, oh, 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 I know. They're they're showing. Oh, you skipped ahead a little bit. First, Superman is Superman is showing them a quarry or something like that. They make a comment uh, well, about the first, pollution. Oh, first, um, Wendy, Marvin, and Wonder Dog take them fishing on the lake, and they notice right. litter. And then Noah, Tall, and Twisty use an anchor to try to pull the balloon people away, and somehow don't notice when the balloon people just float away. And they aren't on the boat Correct. anymore. Yeah. Um, so this is the first real example of their gross incompetence as villains. And then af- after this happens and they come back, Wendy's like, I don't want to fish anymore. I'm all shook up. Why is Wendy shook up? Nothing happened to her. No. Well, she just is uh, easily unsettled. She's very weak. I guess. Just the idea that something could disappear was too much for her. Yeah. Yeah. Object permanence is a new thing for her, so she's really grappling with yeah, it. Yeah, she doesn't she doesn't get it. Now that was the first instance where Know It All tries to get him, get the family. The second yeah. instance oh, that man. Was the one with Superman, right? I, I I Yeah, I just realized that Noah Tall sounds a lot like Know It All. Yeah, that's a joke, right? No, I, I did not I did not pick up on that until right this moment. Oh no, Michael. No, you're joking, right? Yeah. I'm you not. Have to be jo- I am not. You have to Oh god. <laughs> no. That no. is uh No, because I was taking very detailed notes, so I was not paying attention to how it sounded. Oh, no, uh yeah. Michael. No at all, no at all. You know, I was uh, I was a little bit uh, worried that my twisty moment was going to make me the buffoon of this uh, episode, uh, and now I no longer have to worry about that. My so my favorite thing. This is skipping ahead a little bit, but my favorite thing about Doctor Noah Tall is that what which <laughs> Michael at one point in this episode. They actually spell out the joke. <laughs> they say, because he knows it all. Um, but <laughs> but um, my, favorite, my favorite thing about this character is that his qualifications are he has, an, he has a set of encyclopedias and he um, mem- memorized it. Yeah. His, his, the, his qualifications... Is he memorized his encyclopedia? And clearly, 
There is not a kidnapping entry in that encyclopedia because he's very bad at that. He's quite bad. Uh, the second time, so Superman is flying the family around in their saucer, which this, uh, w- later on we learn he's like, the saucer could fly. You don't need to be carrying it. Before Superman shows up, they're cleaning up Marvin, like around Marvin's house, presumably because Superman will be super pissed if it's not spotless. That's a well-known trait of Superman is his uh, fascism. He's a real neat freak. When he takes them uh, sightseeing, the narrator goes, "He takes them to see the countryside, the cities, the farms, the forests," and I just really wanted him to keep going, like <laughs> the factories. The malls, the, <laughs> the amusement ra- parks, the ravines, <laughs> the subdivisions, <laughs> the quarries, the beaches. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's just the rest of the episode. Looping of him flying. Which, I, I say that it was dumb that he carried the um thing, but I guess he was saving fuel. So, that was a good move on Superman's part. There is a... Yeah, there's a, a runaway bulldozer, and he has to let the the Balloonians uh, go. And uh, as he's occupied with this bulldozer, the Balloonians spot a steam shovel that is uh, having its own problems. And so they go to help that steam shovel. Yep. Uh, but we, we learn that's just another another ploy of Dr. Tall. I'm just, He's not a doctor. He just memorized encyclopedias. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those guys on the internet who did his own research. Looked it up. Yeah, the so the bulldozer was was Noah Tall's plan. Uh now I can't not hear it, by the way. Good. Um, that's all I hear when I say his name now. But Twisty took initiative and also did the steam shovel and somehow the Balloonians stopping the steam shovel right. ruins his plan. Ruins Noatal's plan. They're not in the right spot until we My, can't capture so, them. Um, I have a lot of experience with uh, comedy improv. And in comedy improv, one of the main things is justifying why someone's do so- doing something. And I have to say, w- with this show... The justifications that they give for why people do the things they do are uh, as pretty much as simple as you can get. Uh, they don't they don't feel the need to give any more reason yeah. than you know so and so had a headache and that's why he demolished a building. Like they they just full on you know and so I have to commend them in terms of uh, giving that justification. If this were an improv scene, I would say good, good energy because I couldn't, I wouldn't find a positive thing to say about the scene. Boy, you were really having fun up there. What a fun, what a fun set. But you know what? Noah Tall cannot be bound That's by your, true. by he your restrictive improv rules. Encyclopedia, uh, and it gave him education to our our final attempt. No, not the final attempt. The third to final attempt. Basically, they take to the seas. Marvin gives like a long report about scuba gear and, you know, tells him that it stands for self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. And Krim <laughs> says, I just call it a mouthful. Yeah. And they all Fuck laugh. Your knowledge, uh, Marvin. I don't care. I'm from a different planet. I don't need this. 
Nerd. I don't care that you told us. <laughs> Nerd. My, what I also love about that is um, uh, <laughs> it, it seems like, and we've talked about this show being quasi-educational. It seems like that was a forced educational moment. They're like, well, we got to put some kind of yeah. fact in here. And still, even though that was clearly a moment to try to give a fact, they had to make fun of the person giving Absolutely. a fact. You can know this information, kids, but don't tell anyone about it because you'll be a nerd like Marvin. Who wants to be a doofus like Marvin? Better keep it to yourself. <laughs> so Aquaman shows them around the ocean. And he points out yeah. a, a he puffer fondles, fish. He fondles that puffer and fish. And he says, he does, but he also says, this has an ability similar to you people. He says you people to these aliens. Yeah. Seems pretty, racist. Pretty racist. And, as I said, he stimulated that blowfish without uh, its consent. Without consent. It's ironic because Aquaman is one of the few people that can get a Aqualife uh, like marine life consent and still he does not he's just about the only humanoid who can ethically have sex yes. with sea creatures uh and he, yet and he, he chooses a, not to here and that's, he that's, that's, that's a, disappointing he remains a sex pest <laughs> um, so noah tall's helicopter the sea sucker shows up sure sure and they drop itching acid into the ocean. You know that thing. Yeah, you know, itching acid. That everyone can identify by sight. Yes. Oh, that red it's liquid? That's itching acid. It's red liquid that does not dilute in water. Yeah, we all know itching acid. We all know this. And uh, so their, their plan is to uh, make Aquaman busy while they try to suck up the... Um, Balloonians. Well, guess what? It doesn't work. They start using the suction thing to uh, to clean up the gross uh, floor of the ocean. Yeah, which they also they judge us further for. Yeah, and it's more, like you know what? More... Fuck you, Balloonians. You came here because you already fucked up your planet. Yeah. So don't judge us for doing the same thing. Exactly. What did you do? Nothing. Fix your own damn planet. So once again, he is foiled. He sucks. He sucks up all the itching acid and all the junk, and uh, they yep. f- fly away. And in the sp- in the span of time that uh, they uh, suck up the junk, and uh, Aquaman goes to the surface to see. Well, uh, the other thing is Aquaman starts shoving stuff in this tube without asking what it is. He just sees a vacuum tube and goes, "All right, <laughs> yeah, like, all right fine. I'll, I'll throw shit in here. I'll throw shit in this tube." <laughs> and it was only after that he went back up to see what it was. And by that point, the sea sucker had already flown away. It, it was gone. Yeah, Aquaman does not see them escape, but he was, goes up. Fast enough that I think if he just looked up, he would have seen the helicopter. Yeah, I, I mean... It looked like a clear day. It was not a stealthy uh, stealth copter. Yeah. So, once again, the copter, escape, they, they escape, and they're starting to put two and two together. That, because 
someone has tried to capture these Balloonians three different times, Superman comes to the, comes to the conclusion that someone might be trying to capture these Balloonians. <laughs> I also noticed when they were going over the recent events, they mentioned something that didn't happen. They said something about a cargo net. <laughs> yeah. Like, wh- they yeah, mentioned an, the something happening with Wonder Woman and a cargo net that we did not see. Never saw that. Never saw that. They're putting two and two together. They're uh, learning things. And I forgot, what is it that finally, what finally n- nabs them? The Balloonians get all preachy about, uh, you know, the uh, <laughs> the pollution. They 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 warn the super friends about uh, you know the pollution they see everywhere, and so Wonder Woman recommends that they talk to Simon Pure, sure. the environmental. It's not the EPA, but it's basically the EPA, uh, and even Wonder Dog gets an invite, and so <laughs> the super friends are busy because they they all go to take Wonder Dog to get a pedicure. Well, everyone's involved, and the only person they leave behind is Robin. Who looks hammered, like he's getting hammered, like he got hammered and is just like in a lawn chair in uh, Marvin's backyard. Uh, yeah, he's he's um, listening to country and having a good old time. But uh, also to to mention this, the um, there is a news report about Wonder Dog's pedicure. <laughs> <laughs> That another situation that the that the schedule, the intimate details of uh, the grooming schedule of this dog and subsequent children is worth broadcasting yeah. across Gotham. Yeah. Or or Metropolis. It's unclear what city they're in. Always. So, yeah. Uh, that, so, Noah Tall uh, unleashes a decoy uh, balloon person and Robin chases after it. And finally, Noah Tall captures the balloon people. And uh, Robin, knowing he fucked up big time, says, Holy decoys, I've been had. Yeah. He, I feel like he probably had a series of strikes. And at the third strike, he's out. And I feel like this was the second strike. And. Oh, yeah. I think he is, he is. At most, an episode away from being kicked out. Yeah. Um, one one thing that I loved about uh, <laughs> a line I loved is when they were captured by uh, Doctor Noah Tall. At one point, the uh, <laughs> the child, the balloon child, Plinky, says, "Sure, don't worry, Mom. Superman will save us." To which the mom says plinky superman doesn't even know where we are (laughs) we're going to die when you have a child when you have a child that is searching for hope and they go oh superman will save us immediately without missing a beat say that's asinine he has no idea where we are we're going to die here stop clutching at straws you stupid child You stupid little... Talk. This is it. We are doomed. <laughs> uh, but alas, but alas, the uh, inspiration from the child caused them to fuse their mental abilities together and broadcast some kind of signal out. Yes, and they decide 
So, yeah, Marvin talks about how radio towers have, like, boost signal boosters. So they decide to do that with telepathy. Well, and, Wonder and, and Woman's like, yeah, I can make some telepathy boosters. Oh, no, you'll, you'll, if you remember, it was Aquaman who said, you see, Wonder oh, that's Woman right. and I are experts. Wonder Woman and I are telepathy experts. <laughs> I feel Since like when? He said, I feel like when he said that. Number one, it makes me think that that him saying that makes you think that Wonder Woman is more of a telepathy expert than he is, even though that's not ever been a, super, a power of hers. Um, but then also, nope. Um, I feel like when he said that in real life, Wonder Woman was probably like, "Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about?" I, I picture one of the other super friends. <laughs> Saying sure you are and making like the jack off motion and rolling yeah. their eyes behind behind him, yeah. But no, I think in front of him. Are. I think they know. I right think they make sure he can see them doing it. That's true. It's a toxic environment. Um, but uh, they create a series of telepathy signal boosters. Yeah, and so uh, Wendy and Marvin are and Wonder Dog are just looking around for moving objects, which seems. That, that yeah. could be anywhere in the world. I don't know why. Like, yeah, you three cover the earth looking for moving objects. Please. Looking for something that's moving. They should have come <laughs> up with some kind of plan. Yeah. Uh, uh, but, but, you know what? Somehow yes. it works. Wonder Dog sees the flying saucer floating. And so they climb inside. And it takes them to Noatal's uh, private island batman and robin follow yes uh, pretty um, much everyone follows yeah now <laughs> something that i think is uh one of my favorite aspects of this episode because it shows how little they actually cared about producing this cartoon is that it was <laughs> at this point that they s- stopped referring to them as the balloon balloonians and start referring to them as the Crims, which yeah. Krim, Krim is the first name of the patriarch of this family. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing to indicate that their last name is Krim. Like, you know, his name would be Krim Krim. His daughter would be Krim Krim. Plinky Krim. Gronk Krim. But... Several lines, they go, we have to find the crims. Are the crims in here? It's just like, they just forgot yeah. halfway through that they called this this group Balloonians, which is a, certainly a choice to call them Balloonians. Part, yeah, partway through the script, they're like, oh, wait a minute. Does Balloonians sound dumb? Let's call them something else. And they're like, let's call them the crims. Something, something cool sounding like the crims. And they go... Well, wait a second. We've already made that the first name of one of them. And then he says, I don't care. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Little children watch this show. They don't know what any of this it means. It doesn't matter. <laughs> none, of, none of this matters, okay? And then he was quickly fired. So uh, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. So they they look around for the crims, and um, I think they find them. They find the crims, and um, yeah, the sea sucker water gun 
shoots at the Batcopter and they can't land. Now, what, yeah, and they, you Superman know, they, saves them. He saves them. He goes in. Oh, <laughs> no, my other favorite moment. So there's a water gun that is spraying as a defense. And uh, Aquaman goes under the sea to find this big intake tube. And in order, and he enlists the help of a manta ray to help <laughs> stop yep. this thing. And to he goes, plug it. Manta, manta ray, do your thing. And the manta ray just sits on the t- sits on the tube, which like is that the manta ray's thing? Just fucking tubes. I I I, uh, I block things. I just kind of lay there, but it, yeah. it looked like he was fucking this tube. Uh, <laughs> it probably was. And yeah, and then he goes, and I'll do my thing. And Superman goes, and I'll do my thing too. Everyone starts doing their thing. It was doing weird. their thing. Superman's thing, partially, is stopping weather missiles that Noah Tall has. Sure. And so Noah Tall has his his uh, sea sucker. He has a private island. He's got the the Snoop wagon, and he has weather missiles missiles that can create weather don't forget the what itching more acid. does he hope to and itching acid so what more does he hope to gain from capturing the balloons balloon he already seems to have plenty michael if he wants to try to take over the world michael he memorized the encyclopedia okay his brain is operating at a different level than the rest of us. <laughs> we can't begin to understand. If you memorize an encyclopedia, have all that in your head? Oh my god. I'm just picturing he, he memorized an encyclopedia from like 1924. Yeah. And so there's a lot of just really outdated information. I remember I had the World Book Encyclopedia and within like... When I got it, it was from the 80s, and uh, this was the mid-90s, and then by the late 90s, it was completely useless. We had a set of Funkin' Wagnalls encyclopedias that my parents got one at a time through some deal at Albertsons. Like, you spent so much, you got a, a piece of the encyclopedia, so... And that, uh, I think, was probably outdated when we got it. Yeah. Well, that would have been the birth of the internet. Which is, birth of the internet was the death of the encyclopedia. Encarta tried to stick around for a while, but no thank you. I still and, use Encarta. No, you don't. <laughs> um, so, now, here's the deal. Uh, I was uh, in waiting with suspense to see what was going to be the deal with this bad guy. Because up until this point, we've had two different types of bad guys, basically. Bad guys who are, you know, doing something for the, you know, kind of misguided reason, uh, and they're geniuses, or bad guys who are cartoonish bad guys, like cartoonish goons. And talk like this. Yeah. This is the first bad guy i think that is totally bad um yeah and 
it's never implied that he goes to jail or anything. Uh, they just he makes a comment and then we cut to something else. Uh, I yeah. was expecting. Yeah, Superman to... tells him that he's a cloudbuster buster, and then all of a sudden we're at Simon Pure's office. Yeah, I was ho- I was expecting them to imprison him or just execute him there. You know. Yeah, I I, I think what, what they should have done is the Balloonians should have inflated him until he exploded. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Superman would should have been like, "Would you like to do the honors, Krem?" And then just murder him then and there. Because clearly he's criminally insane. Exactly. But I will say this. He... Here's the thing about Twisty. Twisty, I think, is... at the. He probably has a genuine learning disability. And yeah, I don't think he's entirely responsible for his actions. Yeah. And instead of... Dr. Tall firing Twisty or just getting rid of him, he corrects him every time, which makes me think that they are, they have more of a caretaker, like a guardian ward relationship. And, um, sure, you know, I, I do have to hand it to him that he's willing to, uh, to take care of this uh, person. Well, I mean, yeah, you, you, you paint uh, Noah Tall with the uh, single parent brush, and he looks a lot more sympathetic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we we end with Simon Pure, and it's it's so funny, to, uh, and we've talked about this before, um, just to know truly how fucked we as a society are in terms of the environment and to go look back at these shows where there's an alien who says something and that does it, you know? That's just, and pollution is never a problem again. That the, the, the warning was all we needed and we're all good. All we needed. This, this ends with Simon Pure taking his advice and then giving him a job. Giving him a, a, giving a yeah. balloon a job. And he said, sure. And, and that was that was it. That's it. That's the end. My So I also want to point out one other thing that was like one of my favorite moments of this was whenever the aliens were discovered, there was a news report talking about it. And they cut, yeah. they cut to a shot of this man and woman sitting there watching t- watching TV talking about the arrival of a balloon-based alien and they look like this. Now, <laughs> for for podcast listeners, I don't know um how to explain this other than you just have to watch it, but they look like the kind most slack-jawed. They look like the most uninterested, just bored people in the world learning about these aliens. Well, I mean, in their defense, it's a world that has a Kryptonian, the King of Atlantis, an Amazon, you think, a kind you think of talking dog. You think they've seen it all at this point? Yeah. I mean, this isn't even the first alien species that has come to Earth because they've destroyed their own planet. That's right. This is this is like the fourth time that's happened. Yeah. So we're we're rounding out to about 
we're we're nearing on an hour, I think. There's more to talk to talk about this, but I think for time's sake, uh, let's um let's let's recap it. So, number one, Michael, how would you have wrapped this up in Act One? Honestly, the Super Friends don't have to do anything. If no one intervenes, I think somehow Noah and Twisty accidentally kill themselves in the first act. <laughs> Non-intervention, they die. Done. You know, I. I don't think you're wrong. Uh, that they <laughs> they would have there would have been some way that they poisoned themselves or got accidentally crushed or run over by the um, Snoop Snoop wagon. The Snoop wagon, which sounds like something from a music video. It, it sounds like uh, what Snoop Dogg like mobily smokes weed in. Yeah, it sounds like a Super Bowl commercial about. Uh, the Snoop Wagon coming to your town and uh, delivering Doritos. When when marijuana becomes federally legalized, the Snoop Wagon is going to be a snack delivery service. Yeah. So the way that I would end this is um, whenever the the balloonians i forgot the crims <laughs> whenever they land and crawl into the grass and wonder dog senses an issue wonder dog should have eaten them yeah just eat them fair they're small and chew them up that should be all that you need to 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 destroy their machinery and and eat them and yes i know they're just trying to find a new life, but they took that risk whenever they jumped in their flying saucer. They whenever they went down to Earth, they they took a risk, and with risks... You go uh, anywhere, you run the risk of being eaten by a giant dog. Yeah, yeah. Happens every day. Well, let's, uh, let's give our ratings. I can start, if you'd like. Please, please, please do. So, I am... Uh, I'm conflicted. Because um, I want to give it, I don't want to give it a lot of points because it's rehashing the same old, uh, same old crap uh, about the, yeah. the the environment. But at the same time, um, th- something I liked about it was um, <laughs> I liked them do- them like a uh, kind of digging at uh, Superman's. Uh, exploded planet that was a a fun little jab i have to what would i give this i was about to give it some buttermilk biscuits because we haven't seen those in a while it's true and i think that they're relevant i'm gonna give this oh i have one more thing to mention so the the voice of um what's his name twisty was of course Casey Casey. Yeah, Casey Casey. Do you think that he got extra money for doing the um uh doing a second voice? Oh, I think I think so. Which is what I I think I think Casey Kasem did his best to milk this gig for all it was worth, and so anytime there you know he has the opportunity to do another voice, he will barely change his voice and be that character. Yeah. So I give this one 
51 dangerously descriptive news reports out of 120. So, like you, I'm torn on this episode. It's, in a lot of ways, maybe the dumbest one we've seen. In many ways. But it is the first with just a straightforward villain. Yeah. He's not he's not trying to save the world through misguided means. Nope. He's not some idiot that some henchmen are taking advantage of. Nope. He is just a he guy memorized. who wants to take over the world. He, he memorized the encyclopedia. He memorized the encyclopedia. And now he wants to own all of information and use it to subjugate mankind. Yeah. And that's classic villain motivation. And and I appreciate that in a show like Super Friends. Just straight straight ahead world conqueror. So I would say this episode gets 65 telepathy experts out of 145. Okay. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. What's the name what's the name of the of the next episode coming up? Let's see. Let me, see let me let me I want to see if it's as here. dumb as if it like let's let's try to guess what we think the next episode is going to be about based on its name and see how wrong we are. Oh, I've got it. Cuz yeah, I am I am curious. It's called The Fantastic Frurps. Capital F, capital R, capital E, capital R, capital P. Frurps. The Fantastic Frurps. Hmm. So I'm going to guess it is about a species of acrobatic smurf-like creatures that use their like preternatural agility to commit crimes. Okay. I think you're wrong. Okay. Well, fuck you. I think for, I think FERP stands for falsified recreational elongated uh rod people and they are oh, sure a, 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 basically walking sticks that uh tell people lies and the reason they're fantastic is um they just got a, a haircut from fantastic sam's yeah i think it has to be one of those two there, uh, there's no so way the qu- we're both wrong the question that we'll find out is, the, will the, the episode be dumber than either of the things that we just pitched right now? Almost certainly. We will find out next time. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, and good night.